This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, joined as always by my friend Bob Castrone. Hey, pal. What's going on, Dan? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I am doing extremely well. Oh, I yeah? Got, I got my Pacifico lager in front of me. Love you're, that Mexican lager. Yeah, you're not a big beer guy, so it's no. uh, it's interesting to seeing you to see you enjoy a beer. Well, as we're learning on this, I've, I've recorded uh, many, many podcasts. I would say I've, I've recorded about 550 or so. Humble brag. 600 over at uh, the NFL Mothership. Um, all of them completely sober. And all of them? All of them? There were a couple of uh, Super uh, Bowls in there. Actually, Mark, Mark and I... After the draft where the the Browns took Johnny Manziel, Mark Sessler, <clears throat> big Browns fan. If you're listening to our show, you know that. Uh, but we ended up after we covered the draft at Radio City Music Hall. And then we had to wait for our friends, the rest of the crew back in L.A., three hours behind us to finish their work. And by the time Mark and I got on the phone for the podcast, it was like 3 a.m., and after the first night of the draft at 3 a.m., maybe there was a little juice in us at that point. I'll say that. But what I've learned doing this show in the garage, Bob, this this glorious show, the Throwback Podcast, in which we we do we we drink while we talk. Uh, I can't really go with my uh, my typical drinks of choice, which is liquor, because it just as the show goes along, it gets harder to stay focused and stay on point. So I'm going with beer, which is not my favorite drink, but I'm rolling with it. All right. Well, you're yeah, you're a trooper. Um, and you know what? That is the kind of behind-the-scenes NFL knowledge you're going to get listening to the throwback. So if you're a fan of Dan, <laughs> fan of the Around the NFL podcast, you're listening to this, tell everybody else to subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes to get more Zeuser fun facts. Yeah, a little. that was a little desperate, though, Bob. Let's, I know it's desperate yeah. because we need people who are listening to this. Mm, that's true, too. To support this podcast. Your other podcast is fine. Yeah, it's fine. That doesn't need any help. This podcast is in a bad way. <laughs> we need I help. I mean, I don't want to say that yet, but probably. All right. We are about three episodes away from begging people to support us and offering acts. Well, I think when we get into the artist that we're covering today, it's going to be very clear that we're <laughs> floundering. <laughs> There's a lot of problems with what we're doing tonight. Well, I will say, and yeah, um, again, Maybe a flawed top of the show just in general because people already know what the, what we're going to be talking about today. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Robbie Williams. Oh, whoa, whoa, it will be, whoa, Hey, whoa. listen. Hey, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Um, it will be more, I, I believe, not so much an indictment of us uh, and more an indictment of the music industry at the time. But we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Of course we will. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, how when we were in college from 1998 to 2002 it was the worst time for music it was like the dark ages of music we graduated in 98 when the turn had begun to the backstreet boys pop the limp biscuit uh corn kid rock era as well and it was only at the very end the light at the end of the tunnel when the strokes and um wilco and Ryan Adams put out albums, but uh, and don't overlook when Bono saved America. All that you can't leave behind, October two thousand. That that saved everything, including our country. 
of course. Going to totally overlook that. Okay. Uh, because. Um, yeah. Do so at your own peril. You know my theory, www.bonocause911 backslash realfacts.com. It's a, it's a shaky URL and, and everything else that I think follows. I put, the, I, put, I put the .com after the backslash, <laughs> so you know it's going to not really, uh, it's going to be a problem. All right. We, well, we'll dig into it, like, uh, the getting why are we t- going to talk about Robbie Williams today uh, a lot of it does happen to to definitely directly tie into when Robbie Williams came to power on some level in this country <laughs> no. when uh, Bob the when uh, was that and when was music in a bad place let's let's go back in the time machine as we do every episode we pick an album from our past even if we're not proud of it and we will uh, dig in and see how it sounds today uh, when will the album we're talking about today come out? We're going back to May 1999. Oh, wow. So pre-Y2K, a lot of, lot of buzz about what's going to happen when the clock strikes zero. Those damn traffic lights. <laughs> but, but here's what was going on in May 1999. Uh, top story, why not? John Elway retired from the NFL. That's the top story. For me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, was I, it? like You were a big Elway fan? I didn't know. I just meant for me delivering it to you because i was just teeing you up to do your john elway impression oh is that oh you wanted me to do that i i, I was gonna say i only I, I only do that on the podcast that's successful um fair yeah. fair very fair moving on i'll do it for you, you ready <laughs> this one's also for john see see you around the nfl <laughs> listeners this is what you get they'll be happy about that all right also that month may 99 SpongeBob SquarePants debuted on Nickelodeon. Big hit. Well, wow, this was a more innocent time. I'm rewatching right now The Sopranos uh, on my HBO Go package, and that show started in 1999, and um, it is striking because that show is arguably the greatest show that ever happened. Um, does such a great job painting the portrait of American life, specifically in the area where we grew up, Bob. In northern, we were in. Uh, right on the border of northern New Jersey, um, around 2000, 2001, 1999. Such a different world. And the stuff we're even talking about right now, everything is very kind of soft. So SpongeBob coming out was a was a kind of a thing. Then. It was a big show. Here was the other big story I found from that month. Uh, All My Children star Susan Lucci finally won a Daytime Emmy after being nominated 19 times. That was a big thing was before nine eleven. That was like people what were we plugged in about. on that. I knew about it. Why would why would a nineteen year old care about Susan Lucci? She was wildly famous for never winning an award. That we had a neighbor when we lived in Hollywood. That um, I don't know if we should say who it is, but he was a actor on uh, that show with the with the midget. Why boy. not Galen Gehring? Yes, he was Galen. on. Yeah. He was on uh, Passions. More, more in, uh, to protect him, him than us. I, How is know. it protecting him? Yeah, I don't think you know. Does Galen want to spring him up here? I don't know. Who, you know, we're not giving out his address. Number one, fourteen seventy. <laughs> number two, nobody's listening. Becker Street. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's so many, so many uh, levels of defense between Galen and this being. Galen an issue is for him. very fine. He's fine. Anyway, he was on Passions, uh, and then he was later on. Uh, what was it? Days of Our Lives? I don't know. One of those other ones. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't even remember what we were talking about anymore. What were we talking <laughs> Susan about? Susan Lucci. Oh, Susan Lucci. I think Galen had like 14 of those awards. And Lucci was just getting banged year after year. Well, Galen was playing himself and his evil twin sometimes. Yeah, you got you to gotta hand so, out the hardware in that case. And he would actually come over and like complain about it. He's like, ah, oh, work's tough because they got me playing my evil twin this week. So I have twice as many scenes to do. Hey, he deserved They They should have handed out two awards for him when he won. <laughs> handsome man. Maybe they did. Very handsome. All right. And um, movies that came out in May 1999. The Mummy. Election, Notting Hill, and to date, the only Star Wars movie I've ever seen, Star Wars Episode One: <laughs> The Phantom Menace. That's really the only one you've seen? The only one I've seen. I think I, I'm, that's the only one I saw in the theater, I could tell you, I could say that, and uh, you and I are definitely, and apologies to anyone that's listening, because I know this from the other podcast, Star Wars fans get very angry uh, when you are a dismissive uh, member of American society that is not bowing down. Right. This they get, is not they the get mad at you. They get yeah. mad at you for not having seen it. Like yeah. I'm not saying it's like the other ones are shitty. I'm just saying I've never seen them, and people will come at me with hate now. And let and let's calm down too. Like every if you were when that movie came out, when Phantom Menace came out in May '99, that was such a huge pop culture deal, and the movie was fucking terrible. Don't come after me that I bailed on the franchise, and now you're telling oh now it's great again because Disney has it and john abrams or you know whoever that is uh, you know don't come after me now you had your chance with me in 99 and you, you expect me to get back in the theater after i sat through episode one the phantom menace oh my god which was 98 minutes of dog shit and one more note on the movies of the time since you mentioned phantom menace with jar jar banks and the mummy with brendan fraser who's a personal favorite of ours as an actor all time hollywood's course. third choice brendan fraser yeah hollywood's always the third choice uh if you want Great. I love the bad CGI of the late 90s, early 2000s. And those yeah. are two classic movies. If you want to be completely taken out of any movie, uh, <laughs> just watch a movie that came out between like 98 and 02. You know what? It's like how plastic surgery is now where it's like we have the technology kind of, but future generations are going to look back on us right. like, what the fuck were they doing to their faces? Yeah. That's what CGI was in the late 90s. Because they were a little overconfident. At the yes. Time. They got a little overzealous. Yeah. All right. So what was... Uh, so that was May 9th. Anything else, Bob? Last but not least, the number one song in America when this album from oh. Robbie Williams came out. This is my job. Hang on. This is your job. Was this little bit. Ha! There it is. Well, we all know this one. Living La Vida Loca. It's funny. We all know this one, but I feel like if you're 20 years old listening to this podcast for whatever reason, it's going to blow your mind that this was a real song that was a number one single. Yeah. It's so over the top, insanely corny. And he kicked off what was known then as the Latin explosion. Yeah. It was uh, him, uh, Enrique Iglesias, Enrique, Mark J-Lo. Anthony, J-Lo. And, but this was, this, this was the defining song of that era. And, uh, you know, it turned out that um, a gay man, Ricky Martin... <laughs> I mean, interesting. I don't know. Was that something that people questioned about? He came out of the closet later. Came out of the closet way later. Yeah. The gay dude. Should not have been news to anybody listening to this song. But this that, this just goes. Why to do you li- say that, Bob? Well, you're getting into slippery slope there. Why'd you go down that road there? I'm just going to keep going forward. OK. Uh, I think that goes to illustrate how bad of a time it was for music. That was the number one song. Well, because a gay man had a number one hit in America. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That was the only time it's ever happened. Uh but here are some of the other songs. The, 
looking at the 1999 Hot 100 archive, here are some of the other number one songs this year. So this okay. is just so you know, like what we were dealing with at the time. Uh, Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, which, you know, great pop song. Can't complain about that. An amazing pop song. Shares Believe. Piece of shit. Uh, if You Had My Love, J-Lo. Don't Bill, even know it. Bills, 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 Destiny's Child. Wild, Wild West, Will Smith. Oh, my God, that fucking song. Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera. Banger. Unpretty, TLC, Heartbreaker, Mariah Carey. And the year closed Ooh. out with like 12 weeks in a row with the number one song in America being Smooth by Santana oh, featuring gosh. Rob Thomas. I believe this was our college experience. Yeah, actually, I remember that being, um, and it makes sense. We went to Boston to to ring in the millennium. Uh, uh, Willennium. Willennium, excuse me. And I do remember Smooth being <laughs> the most inescapable piece of garbage that has ever been put on radio uh, in my lifetime. You could <laughs> yeah. not get away from no, that. It was every song, and uh, I never want to hear it ever again. Okay, so. Bob, what is the Ricky? Uh, excuse me. What, what is the Robbie Williams album that we are almost impossibly going to talk about? <laughs> Luckily, today? we're not talking about any of those shitty albums. We're going to talk about a true American classic, Robbie Williams. The ego has landed, and why? Why the fuck are we talking about this? This is such a bad idea. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. It sounded good right before we started recording. That oh yeah, it'll be fun to talk about it. I don't know why we're doing this. Well, we're doing it because we both had this album. Okay. That's we fair. We both really liked it. And I feel like it's really going to stand out right now listening to it again. I'm very nervous to revisit this album. For the first time in years because the the bar was so low for what good music was in 1999 that this exceeded that bar to us. But I don't think, you know what, call it a hunch. I don't think it's going to hold up. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, another qualifier here. This will be a perfect example of an album that will show that we are not doing this podcast to try to seem cool. It is We are not trying to say that we are uh, the people to always turn to musically because like everyone else, we make mistakes. <laughs> and here's track one of The Ego Has Landed. It is a song called Lazy Days. Oh boy, this is happening. Hear that crisp 90s production. Lazy days calling to you. <laughs> okay. So, why don't we start with a little quick uh, back uh, refresher on the Robbie Williams experience? He was in a hugely popular boy band in the UK in the 90s, the mid to late 90s, called Take That. Uh, he was the bad boy of that band. And Take That with an amazing, they have an amazing single. I think it kind of crosso- crossed over. Um, it did. I Want You Back. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was on the um, Four Weddings and a Funeral soundtrack. Sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, Robbie was the bad boy of the group. Uh, there's always a bad boy. And Robbie broke broke out and started releasing solo stuff and then the egos as landed was actually a compilation of some of his early solo stuff uh slickly packaged and released to america thank you thank you hey i remember all this because i remember watching an mtv 
news hit. I think it was Loader involved, as he often was. At least in your memory, Loader is always the guy delivering info. Because this was, now we're talking May 99. We talked about how Oasis was a huge band uh, for us. This was now when Oasis was going into their decline phase. They were going to release the underwhelming Standing on the Shoulder of Giants a year later. Uh, but when Loader tells me that there's this new uh, hot property coming out of the UK that's a mixture, and I'll never forget this, he called Robbie Williams a hybrid of Oasis and Elton John. And I wow. said, yummy. <laughs> and as I'm known to do. No, you I, say yummy a lot. Something that I'm excited about, I go, yummy. This yep. is Lazy Days. But the song, of course, that then... With the loader stamp of approval, do you have anything else to say on Lazy Days? Because I was going to get to track two, which is how uh, our friend Robbie Williams broke through uh, to America. I don't think I have anything else to say about Lazy Days. That was, it made me uh, laugh when it started playing. So I feel yeah, like that says it, a lot. same thing. It, there's literally nothing memorable about Lazy Days. It sounds pretty lazy, actually. <laughs> As a song, it's kind of All a All right, so maybe this is deeper. Cooked. Maybe it's deeper than we thought. He was kind of commenting on the song he was delivering. All right. All right. This could be very meta. It's like something that Noel Gallagher would have written uh, during like a really bad coke phase where he just had woken up for like maybe 15 to 20 seconds, scribbled a chorus down, and then fell back asleep. Right. It's like an Oasis seaside. Yeah. Maybe a D-side. Here we go. Track two. This is the one that... Now, I'm not going to say broke Robbie Williams in America, but it put him on the radar. Millennium. <laughs> okay, this is the one. Again, if you're if you're wait, listening, we should listen to it. Bobby. I was going to wait until the chorus, but I think this is the chorus. <laughs> you're right. All right, let's listen to the sheer British. All right, here we this. go. First of all, I still kind of like this song. I'm standing by this one. Millennium better than Willennium. <laughs> all right. And it's got a nice kind of groove to it, and it, it's fun, and there wasn't a lot of fun things coming on the radio or on MTV. I, smooth was pretty fun. Smooth was fun to Rob Thomas's bank account. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of like a – it could have it would have been a great James Bond theme. I, I, I will stand by – I'm going to stand by – Millennium as a fun little pop song uh, that is certainly feels like of its time, but I'm not going to bag on it. I don't know how record labels work. I don't know how um, uh, radio stations work or MTV, but I do know that there was some crazy payola involved to get this as far along as it got. Like this was heavily promoted. It ended up on the radio. MTV was like big behind, like not only was Kurt Loder talking about it, but I think Robbie Williams ended up at like the MTV Music Awards. Like they were behind this song. Yes, and you have to remember the time element here. This is right before um, Napster, or right around the time of Napster, and when the, re the record companies could still, like, In Sync would release an album the next year that would sell like two and a half million copies in one week. So it's still 
there was a record machine, and the record machine had decided that Robbie Williams was somebody that could cross over. Yeah, they and went this all was in. the device that they believed would do it. A few years later, MTV made a similar uh, mistake when they went all in on Hot Hot Heat. Yeah, they really liked the Hot Hot they Heat. They really liked Hot Hot Heat in the, like 2003. But I like the Hot Hot Heat. No, me too. Even though no one's ever called them the Hot no, Hot No, you're heat the first before. one, but maybe that was Nor what they did. Maybe that's what they did wrong. I like bandages a lot, and then they had a, a stupider song that I liked later on. Yes, yeah, they had a couple of good ones. But yeah. you know what? I feel like I'm sorry for even bringing them up. We should be devoting all of our energy to Robbie Williams. Bandages, right bandages, and a heart with you. Um, yeah, so Millennium, this is still. Well, we'll get to there's another Williams banger that I'll, I'll die on a hill with. But um, this is one of them. <laughs> I like. I like. I'll die on that hill for Millennium. It's very 1999. What could be more 1999 than Robbie Williams singing about the Millennium? Yeah, it actually, and I don't see, this is where we can get into some trouble here because, like we said, this was actually a compilation. I don't know when Millennium could have came out in 1992 in London. Who knows? Who knows? But um, not only were they making a hard push to make Robbie Williams an international superstar, I think they, I think, the 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 image dancing in the heads of the record label was this was the new George Michael. I think that's what they were thinking. Right. And Millennium was not only the the single that they used, but it was also they were really playing. And you have to be of a certain age to really understand this. Um, what a big deal people made of the Millennium. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big fucking deal. It was a huge deal. Uh, there was a a, a, a wretched. J-Lo song that was a huge hit around this time too called Waiting For Tonight and I remember the video was just she was in a rainforest uh, as, as the ball dropped for 2000 like yep. it was everywhere and then there was the actual news component to it which was that there was an issue with binary code or something being right able everything to, was everything was going to revert back to the year 1900 and I don't the, even know but the only thing that was ever explained to us was a you would lose all your money, which is fine because we didn't have any money right. at that point. So we weren't that plugged in. But everybody was really worried about the traffic lights. Traffic lights. People were, were pretty jazzed up about <laughs> the traffic lights ceasing to operate I think correctly, also which ba- is fair. Backing up all the files on your computer. Back them up. Back them up. Get Who that knows? floppy disk out. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Cover yourself. But this was a that's a good example of not only were they making the push to try to make him George Michael, but they named the, the song Millennium. They're like, let's just go for this. He went for it. All right. Uh, track. Oh, I got a feeling it's going to get real rough in a second. Track three. No regrets, which is funny because I have a lot of regrets right now. Oh, no. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast for the music to like find music that you recognize and you're here in America, that's it. You could just stop now. Like that's not a, true. There's another single yeah. off this album. Yeah. Hold up. All right. We'll get there. Never mind, guys. Stay tuned. All right, what's this called again? Bob, this song is called No Regrets, ironically. Will we all change? And we'd live our lives together. Another strange. I didn't lose my mind. It was my answer giveaway. I, I mean, does this, this song even have a chorus? What's happening? So you remember the chorus? I have no memory of this. The time, so I I hear it. Oh, it's got a harp. 
turns into a Savage Garden song. <laughs> the other thing that you would... This came... Robbie Williams got into a memorable feud with um, Oasis and specifically uh, Liam Gallagher, who um, famously, and if, if you're a UK listener, this is probably ingrained in your DNA, this feud, but it even got over to the States over here because it was uh, Liam called, or Noel, one of them, called Robbie a fat dancer. Right. Uh, Robbie Williams would sometimes go up and down with his weight. He did have some drug problems uh, throughout his life. I don't know how he's doing now. He's he's alive, right? Robbie's, he's alive. He's still yeah, yeah. good. Um, he's fit. He's fit. Good. But anyway, uh, he was called a fat dancer. And I do remember uh, about a year or two or two after this album came out, uh, Oasis putting out a really underwhelming uh, live album, uh, Familiar to Millions. And at one interlude before a song, because uh, uh, there was a DVD release as well, somebody holds up on a, a big uh, a big sign uh, in front of the stage saying, Robbie Williams is a fat dancer. And uh, Liam sees the sign, and <laughs> Liam was in very poor spirits for this live show, and I remember him saying, he was like, take that silly thing down. He's not worthy of it. Take it fucking down. Tell us something we don't know. And it was immortalized on that live CD. Uh, good feud. Nice feud. Mostly a one-sided feud. Liam and Noel against Robbie Williams. Pre-Y2K, also fat shaming. Totally cool. Uh, it was actually encouraged. Yeah. Uh, things were a lot different uh, in the uh, 80s and 90s. All right, so No Regrets. Uh, a bad song. An objectively poor song. Uh, at track three, that's troubling. That you have a right. bad song there. But. There's a lot of album left. <clears throat> now, this next song is called Strong, and I do have thoughts on this song because oh, I remember. I have a lot it. of thoughts about All this right, song. Here we go. This, it's an Oasis song, right? We're listening to Oasis right now. Yep. Oh. That's not very Oasis y. Hold on. My breath smells of a thousand fags So when I'm drunk I dance like me dad I started to dress a bit like him Oh my god In early morning when I wake up I look like kiss but without the makeup That's a good line to take it to the bridge Um, yeah, this is the most blatant ripoff of a Noel Gallagher composition, which is ironic in the sense that Noel Gallagher is famous for ripping off any number of artists. So it's like the, when you take a Xerox copy and then you zero, copy, let's use the, the Pam and Tommy sex tape, as we often do on the show, Bob. Right. And somebody burns a copy of that VHS and gives it to you, and then you burn that copy to give it to your buddy. You know, seven or t- seven or eight burns in the results. It, it's the product is going to dwindle. That's strong by <laughs> Robbie Williams. It's like the eighth DV, uh, VHS burn of the Tommy Lee Pam Lee sex tape. That said, you know what? I'm kind of enjoying this right now. It's a, not a. It's a very pleasant sound. I remember I really liked this when it when I had the album. This is probably my favorite song on the album because I guess because I like Oasis and this reminded me of them. Right. But this is 
it's not that offensive. I think it's listening to it now. It's highly offensive to me. But and I will. I'm not going to leave you hanging, Bob. In the sense that this was definitely one of my favorite songs uh, of the time when I had this CD. Uh, but as you get, as I got older, and now when I revisit it, because it did come up in a shuffle like about six months ago. Okay. And I was appalled by how tacky it was, <laughs> and it was obviously a ripoff, but also just how tacky it sounded. I mean. Thank you for not leaving me hanging. I yes. probably deserve to be left hanging. I'm grasping for straws here. I want to find stuff I like about this. Uh, I don't want to just sit here and shit on an album this whole time, but I liked the song a lot. In 1999, right. I liked this. We're not going to get into the lyrics. We're not going to get into, if, you, if it's your first album, you're trying to break into America, new market. My breath smells like a thousand fags might not be the best way to start. <laughs> That need, that warrants a, a, a slight rewrite. If you're trying to break in America, and you say your your breath smells like a thousand fags, just do a dictionary. I know his internet age was probably was not as helpful to find a, a, a search and see what these things mean. Reconsider. That is strong. Which, ironically, not strong in my opinion. I mean, brush your teeth, man. Brush your teeth after like seven. So we have no regrets at track three. I have many regrets. Uh, you made that joke like 10 times. Track one, Lazy Days. I would say lazy songwriting right, and production. Right. Uh, Millennium. Love that song. <laughs> Got right. nothing to say about that. Traffic Lights. A major issue back then. And that leads us to um, what I believe is the essential Robbie Williams joint. I think a song that... Before listening to it, I'm going to say, and I haven't heard it in a while, will still stand up as a great ballad. Let's hear wow. it. Angels. I sit and wait as an angel Contemplate my fate Do they know the places where we go when we're gray and old Cause I have been told that salvation lets their wings unfold That's nice, Bob. So when I'm lying in my bed Thoughts running from my head and I feel that love is dead Let's take it to the chorus I'm loving angels instead And through where Oh, oh yeah Wait, why are you taking us out on the chorus, Bob? Bring us back, Bob take We have lawyers, we have lawyers okay, okay, okay He deserves this And down the waterfall Wherever it may take me I know that life won't break okay. me so I will, first of all, say that this is a cheesy. It's cheesy for sure. But I have a soft spot for any type of ballad uh, when it's well done and, it, it, you know, it's a little bit evocative. I, I kind of enjoy it. The, the the same side of me that's actually unironically loves Eternal Flame by Bangles right. is the guy, the same part of me that still stands by Angels. I love Angels. Yeah, I... I... 
completely on board with Angels. You're in. Yeah, I remember I liked the song. I feel like it was probably in like 17 movies between 1999 and 2001, half of them starring Meg Ryan. Like yes, yeah, that like, sounds about it's right. like a perfect rom com kind of song. Not even rom-com, just straight rom kind of song. Yeah, it's pretty rom-y. Um, do you remember this, Bob? All right, hang on. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Let's, we could fade out of this. We could fade out of Robbie. Stand by, you angels. I'm actually now in on 40% of this album, which is a little <laughs> troubling. Do you remember um, this, Bob? Crank it up. Hang on. Aguilera? No, a more powerful uh, songstress of her era than Aguilera. A big cover, released as a single, of all-time favorite of Bob Castrone, released in 2004 when she was the star of a very popular reality show on MTV. Jessica Simpson? This is Jess. Wow. <laughs> so, if nothing else, I don't think the Robbie version was a big hit necessarily, uh, but it was known enough that when those sa- the same record machine was trying to turn Jessica Simpson into the next Britney Spears, they said, oh, wait, that Angel song, we can r- try to run this thing back because that's a big hit. In the run right it back hands. a second time. Let's give it another go. I don't think it worked that time either. We have to check the charts on that. But I, w- I believe Angels is kind of an iconic song in the UK. I think it is. I don't want to see. I feel like we might be speaking out of school. We might as well. Who cares? Bill Buster, Bob. Let me find out how big a song a hit the Angels was in the UK. All right. So while Dan is looking at that and he's put his microphone down, so I am on my yeah, own here. Know on my own right now to talk about Robbie Williams, which is a position I never thought I would be in. Uh, I will say, jumping ahead to um, the next album that came out from Robbie Williams, Sing When You're Winning, um, another one that we both owned, uh, Rock DJ was my, I am 20 years old, getting ready to go out, my like pump-up song. I would play Rock DJ. I would dance around my apartment in my underwear, much to the chagrin of my roommates, who number one did not want to see me in my underwear, number yeah. two did not want to hear rock DJ. No, I, I get all that actually. It all adds up to a terrible situation. All right, good job, Bob. That was a good filibuster, and I we, let's return to rock DJ because that was kind of an interesting. That was the last gasp of the record machine trying to sell Robbie. <laughs> That's, they gave up after that. And um, that terrible video. Let me read you first of all. Shout out Robbie Williams. He co-wrote the song. I'm going to give Robbie a little credit. I thought it would be 17 songwriters, uh, but at least officially the song is co-written by Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers. Now, it was released as a single in December 1997. So we're hearing it in the U.S. two years later. But I had a feeling it was an iconic hit. Oh, my God. This is the third sentence of the Wikipedia entry. It became Williams' biggest selling single and was voted the best song of the past 25 years at the 2005 Brit Awards. Wow. Hey, Britain. Guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? 
You guys there? <laughs> wow. That's a whole thing going on over there. We had no fucking clue. Guys. Huh. I got I got more bizarre uh Britain <laughs> uh trivia for you, Bob. In a 2005 poll, apparently 2005 was a big year for Angels retrospectives. Um, in a poll, Angels was ranked the most popular song that Britons would most like played at their funeral. <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys. What kind of fucking vote you, is that? Who's asking this question? Wow. Wow. Shit, I'm I'm dead serious right now. Should we pull the plug on this podcast? I had no idea that we were delving into like some deep British shit. I knew that he was popular there. I didn't know that we were about to mock like a national icon. Yeah, it does feel weird. Well, if, all right, let's do the math too. 25 years in 2005 would take it back to 1980. So then by the logic of the British... Um, that would be a better song than, I don't know, Wonderwall. I'm not even trying to put my mind in, in I put myself in the shoes of Great Britain. So hey. many great songs have come out uh, in that span, but Angels topped them all. Better than anything Oasis did. Uh, the Stone Civ. Roses. <laughs> I was going to stick with British. <laughs> uh, the Stone Roses. George Michael. George Michael. You too. Any other uh, any other artist ever? Anybody? Wow. Okay. That just completely changed my whole mindset. Now I feel like we're walking on eggshells a little bit. <laughs> I had, I mean, especially now, 2017, a lot of tension between, you know, our country and, and theirs, you know, our president not doing the right thing, not able to handle relations. We're not helping right now. We're living not, La Vida Loca? We're, we are living La Vida Loca. But that could have been that it beat out that who let the dogs out. Wait, I thought it was only British artists. Uh, let me see. Let me just make sure. Or just the best yeah. song of the last 25 years. I, I, it doesn't say specifically British artists. It says the, the best song of the past 25 years. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to listen to that one with fresh ears. But it is. I, it's a it's a good song. It's a really, really nice ballad with. Um, you know, a monster chorus that good song. Jessica Simpson could not take advantage of. And uh, let's let's move on. Huh, can we move on? Fuck. Yeah. Next track uh, is called Win Some, Lose Some. album the, the, the titles really uh do a nice job describing the album itself win some lose some which is certainly how you could describe this album so far i mean i'm so nervous to be critical now <laughs> like a bunch of those guys that are outside buckingham palace will just be standing outside the door when you finish the show james bond is here ready to kill us because we i don't know is that a James Bond joke? Though? Yeah, it was. What, the Buckingham Palace yeah. joke was that much better? It was better. It was, it was a better bit. They were equally terrible. 
Um, the imagery of the Buckingham Palace was better, I thought, than nope, being outside. Not the, the door. image I had in my head of like James Bond being here with like the circle around Which him. Which one? Which Bond? No, no, the iconic circle. Boom. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really showing off our British chops in this episode. <laughs> I don't need to hear this song anymore. Do you, Bob? I mean, he's saying Yahoo. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, lose some right there. Uh, next up, this is a um, one of his more famous songs. It is called Let Me Entertain You. I worked for the uh, TV station in college, and I remember using this for like the the upfronts, you know, for like the here are like the seven shows that Towson University's television network is going to show you in 1999. That was, you know, what's funny is that that was you were not the only one with that idea because right. I remember NBC using this uh, to pimp their uh, musty TV lineup. <laughs> it must have been around 2000, 1999. Let's hear the let's hear the chorus. I mean, this is very Robbie Williams, this song. This is taking me to Towson. Like, this reminds me of listening to this song on a disc man walking to class because it was either this or Kid Rock. Yeah, and that is like getting back to that point is that that was, again, we're, we don't want to make excuses here, but <laughs> there just was not a lot to, to latch on to. If you were into the type of music Bob and I were into, which was we came from, you know, we were 90s kids that were into, we liked watching Alternative Nation and, you know, listening to uh, X107, which was like the college rock station where we grew up. And we liked that type of music. And then that scene dried up and it was replaced essentially uh, in terms of popular music by uh, new metal and, and teen pop and all that stuff. And then alternative music was, you know, then you had the creep of things like Nickelback coming in and it, not that they were ever alternative, but there just didn't seem to be a lot coming out of the uh, kind of underground rock movement. This is before the strokes. So you just were and bands like Oasis were uh, flickering out and some of the bands that you loved. Uh, so you were just like looking for something. And here's Robbie. In retrospect, I wish I used college to like find to like get into the Pixies. You know, like, yeah, that would like, have been good. It would have been a smart would move have been really to good. Like, to, rather than like look forward or look present. Just yeah. like take a little step back, maybe like get bigger into pavement or something. It would have been a good time to like become knowledgeable on the clash. Exactly. Um, Unfor- unfortunately, my roommate in college owned every Shaquille O'Neal CD. <laughs> so like I wasn't going to I was everyone. So I wasn't going to get anything new from him. And I didn't have anybody pushing me in the right direction yeah i now that i think of it 1999 was kind of a a big time for me learning and embracing a lot of classic rock uh because that's when i really um fell for bruce springsteen who became kind of a lifetime love of mine 
uh, Tom Petty is when I really started to get into Petty. Uh, I really started to learn about the Beatles a lot. So I think that was maybe a path I followed as well now, now that I think about it, looking back. Um, and I, I started to really get into older classic rock. And that was probably also a reaction to there was nothing current that I was into. Uh, but it would have helped to, you know, oh, yeah, that was a big time for me to get into the replacements instead of the Robbie Williams album. Right. It just didn't work out that way. What do you want from me? I was, I was fucking 19. I was, <laughs> we didn't you know. know. It was the millennium was coming. You needed an album that had a single about it. No matter what you got into, it was all going to be erased on January 1st, 2000. Yeah, yeah. Green light, red light, green light, red light, <laughs> yellow, green, red. You didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Phoenix from the Flames. Never heard of this title. Probably never heard this song before. Zero memory so far. Nope. Definitely listen to it a lot. No memory. Silent shields. Oh, Jesus. So you say nothing. Feel they break the game. Do we need to hear more of this? Bob shakes his head. Hey, Robbie. His head. Hey, Robbie. We're assembling your uh, 14 <laughs> best songs to help you break in America. What do you got? I got this one, Phoenix from the Flames, <laughs> I feel good about. Perfect. <laughs> Track eight, lock it in after entertain. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I have no memory of ever hearing that song, and I don't even. Well, who knows? All bets are off in the UK after what we learned earlier today. <laughs> it's the number one song people in the UK want to be shot in the head to. What kind of fucking surveys do people have? Phoenix from the flames. Uh, track nine. This. Okay, I'm very interested in hearing this one because. Whereas um, Strong, track four, I have regrets about liking it at the time. This song, I, I do remember, Old Before I Die. If I recall another egregious Oasis knockoff, let's listen. Hey, it's Some Might Say by Oasis. Okay, I like it so far. Bridge is good. Here it comes. Well, these are strange days. We're living in today. Say la vie, I say Um, that this song is kind of, and I'm gonna guess he also co-wrote this. This kind of captures the the Robbie Williams, um, kind of aesthetic of who he was, because this was post Kurt Cobain and better to burn out than to fade away. Robbie Williams loved his life so much. He's getting laid. He's rich. He's the biggest he's pop star in the fat UK. And dancing around. He's fat. He's skinny. He's fat. He's skinny. He's rich all the time. And he's just saying, I, I want to get old. I don't, I don't need to die and be a tortured guy. I'm going to have an awesome life, and I'm going to live till I'm 87 and uh, have all these great memories of how great it was to be Robbie Williams. And for that reason, I stand by this song. It, it's an authentic song, in my opinion. This is the most British song I think we've heard so far. Like, this feels like it could be anybody from Oasis to Blur to The Laws. 
Like it just has that sort of like very classic British feel to it. And it's very, it's good. It's very enjoyable. I'm with it. Now I'm remembering, I'm with you on this, Bob. I'm going to skip to the very end of the song because there is a, he basically channels Liam Gallagher to the point where Liam could have sued him for infringement on his own uh, personality. Uh, Let's see if I can find it. Now here it comes in. All of a sudden, he's Liam Gallagher. You can't do the... That's Liam. That's cheating. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not playing fair. Like, Liam is copyrighted. He's Liam has copyrighted things like... And also... You can't do those things. Can't Only Liam that. can do those things. And why would you even want to? You're just going to start a fight with two guys who will fucking destroy you right. time and time again. It's a bad like, move. Noel will eviscerate you verbally, and then Liam will beat you if you catch him in a pub. Right. But now, see, we're not caught up on what's going on in the UK and the tabloids. I kind of think remember seeing that Liam and Robbie are friends now, but... You know, well, Noel and Damon Albarn are friends. Now, yeah. So Noel, who once said he wanted Blur to catch AIDS and die. Now, I think they put out a song together. Yeah, they did something like, together, which pissed Liam off. Yeah, they probably he probably did it just to piss Liam off. Um, next track is uh, track 10. It's called Killing Me. <laughs> I love these titles. They really sum up how I feel. <laughs> Did you have the new Radical CD? Uh, no, but this sounds like the follow-up single, doesn't it? Yeah, this whole yeah. CD actually reminds me of the new Radical CD. Which where, came out right around, around the, the same, same time. time yeah. yeah, where like if Robbie Williams didn't have that British pedigree of writing the best song of the last 25 years, well, yeah, he so would just one be, that you want to be buried to. Right. He would just be a one-hit wonder in America similar to the new radicals with the CD. That's not memorable, but somewhat enjoyable. If you're listening to it inoffensive for the most part, this song sounds a lot like that follow up. Like you mentioned. Yeah. And I get, I get a little bit of the Elton John comparisons here for this one. Killing me. Uh, do you think, cause in 2005 is when they said the best song of the past 25 years. I wonder, cause I'm sure they did that poll again. If, the one they did in 2015, if he still held on to that spot. Has Robbie Williams aged well? He certainly hasn't aged well. He, well, he hasn't aged at all here. It's like he never existed. Right. I wonder how he's aged over across the pond. We could have used a British guy here today. just a, <laughs> Or a British woman just to we bounce had, We didn't know. Guys, off. we're sorry. We didn't know we needed a British guy for this podcast. Yeah, we kind of came in here uh, with our pants down, unfortunately. I bet you Mr. Brightside has uh, surpassed it, if anything has. That would be crushing, I would think. What about the funeral thing? He probably still has the funeral thing on lock, I would think. Who's listening? Who wants to be buried to Mr. Brightside? <laughs> I do. All right. Next track, Man Machine. Bad title. Yeah. 
I'll drop you off of my Both dancing right now. I'm sure I know your face. Oh, I start you from. I try to make out. As long as the chorus isn't embarrassing, this is not bad. Mm, we'll see. Not a laser beam reference. Not a laser beam reference. Man machine drinking gasoline, shooting laser beams. Not. not no, I didn't. That could have used another uh, pass. <laughs> Just go back. Just one more pass. Just one more take at that. Uh. This was almost. This was, was. This his attempt at like a pulp song. Is that what he's going for here? I don't know what this is. All right, let's get out of this. I think this was voted. Uh, by the way, that that song, "Man Machine," was voted in the UK as the number one song you want to get in a car accident to. Wow. Yeah, they they their vote poll for, system is really detailed. They vote for everything over there. Uh, this one, I believe, is one of his better known songs. It rings the bell. The title, "She's the One." Track 12. I think I like the song. See, this is what this is his wheelhouse right here. He's a balladeer, man. Here we go. She was me. We were one. We were free. And if there's somebody calling me. He's good at that. He's really good at that. He's good at the ballads. Yeah. This and Angels. This uh, song made some noise out here, I think. This one ended up on some... It was like an ER season finale. (laughs) Somebody got impaled and... (laughs) In uh, the episode of Party of Five, where the youngest daughter broke up with her boyfriend. Yes. uh, A breakup or maybe a... A teacher was arrested for having sex with an underage student. <laughs> on Dawson's Creek. Yeah, on yeah. a Dawson's Creek episode. Uh, I again, I stand by this. These songs age better too because they're very they're spare ballads. Well, now he's blown it out a little bit. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm in. I'll defend. She's the one. Nice little ballad. That's okay. I'm I'm still right good. I'm good with this. That being said, as 19 year old guys in college. This shouldn't have been what we were listening to and like really holding on to. Yeah. I mean, it's great that we're sensitive and like we like this kind of stuff, but come on. This was not the thing that you wanted like blasting out of your dorm room while you're like cleaning. (laughs) And then and then your roommate comes in because his class got canceled. Right. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you listening to? Listening to. Put the Shaquille O'Neal CD back on. What did he say his breath smelled like? Uh, all right, let's let's get out of that. Nice job, she's the one. A little buried on the, the this disc at track twelve. I would have moved it up. Uh, up next, the penultimate track, Karma Killer. No, 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 no. See, that's very British. Maybe we just that right, right. That's, that's kind of makes us right. cringe more than. Other people, but maybe that's not true. Need that British guy or a British woman would have been good to have. Maybe you've been naughty. You've been very, very naughty. Maybe most songs over there start like that. (laughs) This sounds like the first song uh, that 
like a kid wrote when he's 11. This sounds guitar. like this sounds like a song in a musical that a high school's putting on. <laughs> This is the worst pulp ripoff so far. Yeah, I could definitely he hear He is trying that. to be pulp here. Even yeah. to like that, him talking in the beginning and then getting into that big chorus. But it's a bad thing. song because the chorus completely, and they're going for the quiet, loud dynamic, but it just didn't, the, the marriage is a, it's a bad marriage. It's a, yeah, they didn't, they, he didn't pull this one off. All right, which takes us to the final track. You know what? Uh, you know what? That song was voted in. Uh, what was it? I'm curious. Let me uh, let me pull this up right now. Yeah. It was the um, the number one song to take a charming bath to. A charming bath. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, we're not really connected. Right, to the culture we're not connected. As much. Uh, I would think that'd be a nice warm bath. Maybe some bubbles. I would assume some lotions involved. Right. Right. Uh, the final the final track. One of God's better people. Here we go, Bob. Let's close it out. You're one of God's better people. And you don't know. And that's why you're special. So I can talk like this From a downbeat existence And I know that you can make my wish If my wish is pure But I don't know Um, okay Sure I like, uh, I've said on the show I like a nice, quiet, reflective song to close an album Am I going to go crazy about that song? I'm just not going to do it No, not a memorable way to end It's filler um before so that is the ego has landed how do you feel about this we just we just went through the ego has landed yeah we went through it and um, i feel like this was one of those albums when we came up with the idea for the podcast we mentioned laughingly like oh yeah it would be funny to do that but we just did it and it was fun it was fun i'm glad we talked about it i'm glad we revisited it and uh uh it, it is not aged very well, I will say, in my opinion. But there are, I believe that the ballads are, they still stand up. So angels, I'll, I'll die on that hill for angels. And apparently a lot of people would like to die to angels. <laughs> Literally die on hills. And, um, and, and the ballad, She's the One, it's a pretty ballad. And of course, Millennium. Whenever you get into the traffic light situation, I'm always going to be all in. Right. Uh, pretty much everything else. Uh, the Liam ripoff, "Old Before I Die," was kind of fun, um, but everything else can can go um, to hell forever, <laughs> and I never hear, want to hear it again. So, well, there's one song we're going to hear again because we have to add one song to our Spotify playlist. Mm. Robbie will be immortalized on this playlist alongside his peers, and uh, only one song can make it on. What do you think makes the cut? I feel like there's only one way. Well, to hang on. This. Before we get there, I just want to hear Rock DJ a second because that was the only other. Save it for the Sing When You're Winning podcast. Which is never going to happen, Bob. Oh, come on. Let's go. Let's let it rip. All right, fine. Here we go. Little Rock DJ. This is the next up. This is the last gasp 
of the record machine trying to help Robbie. Remember, they spent a ton of dough. This video was insane. <laughs> Where is? I think he was. Let's listen to this. Boys getting high and the girls even more. So wave your hands if you're not with a man. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. I got. You got. We got everybody. I got the gift. Gonna stick it in the goal. It's time to move your body. This is his. He's going for the George Michael Freedom 90 move here, which is a bold play. And he's he's hitting it. Mm, let's get to that chorus, Bobby. Fly, baby, fly. This album got this is this was 2000, 2001. It, so it was the follow-up, and they took one more crack in America, spent a, a ton of dough on the video where he was... Tearing his skin off. His whole body right. and his organs and tendons until he was a dancing skeleton, which I believe was him saying what you know the media wants everything from him, his fans. Again, great callback to the beginning of this podcast. You want to talk about bad CGI. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So bad. It gets worse and worse until the skeleton and then all bets are off. Uh, I think it's women dancing with his bloody body parts. too. Yeah, but I believe so. MTV played it a little bit. I, and they did. I remember watching it in my dorm. Uh, remember that show Cribs? Of course. Uh, did you work on Cribs during your Viacom intern, days? I was an intern on Cribs. Uh, they did a Cribs for Robbie, uh, I think in a castle he lived in or something. Right. And they might have even done a making the video off this album. They probably did. And uh, it just it didn't click. This song never really went anywhere. And they had the it other went, it went was... somewhere. It went in my dorm room, getting ready to go <laughs> out with my fake ID at the age of twenty. Uh, and there was the the other one, the Kylie Minogue song, which I could get behind a little bit. Uh, kids? kids, yeah. We're not gonna. We can't keep we, playing. We, we can't go. We can't. We Again, can't get too much. Save it deeper. for the sing when you're winning podcast. Okay. We'll, All right. One we'll song from the ego has landed. What's it gonna be? I feel like there's only one way to go. Well, I mean, if you're not going to pick the greatest song of the last 25 years, and let's let's guess the last 37 years, right? Assuming the the tastes have not changed over the pond, it has to be angels. It has to be angels. We'd be assholes if we didn't put on angels. We, I believe that we would be uh, not. Uh, we couldn't be redeemed if we went anywhere else. As much as I want to go with track eight, Phoenix from the Flames, I believe that Angels is the only choice. <laughs> no regrets. Angels is the way to go. So it's on the list. It's on the playlist. There you go. Who saw that coming? Check it out. Robbie Williams is on the Spotify playlist. And guess what? Even though you're saying, oh, that's that messes up this playlist. You're going to fucking love it. You get to angels. Just think about what you want playing when you're dead. And (laughs) try to think of one better song uh, than angels. All right, Bob. Um, Let's let's tell people where they uh, they can find us. You can follow us on Twitter at throwback pod. We're on Instagram too, I think. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, email us. Uh, Tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Tell us the album that you're waiting for us to break down. I mean, now that we've uh, dug in on Robbie Williams, literally anything's possible. All bets are off. And uh, and make sure I go to iTunes and leave five star ratings and uh, reviews. We might even read your review on the air. Tell your friends, uh, especially over in the UK that we're talking about Robbie Williams. Maybe we'll do it again. 
Or if they don't like Robbie Williams, don't tell them. Don't about tell this them. Episode. Leave out this episode. Say we're going to do the Rob Thomas Santana episode because everybody likes smooth. Okay, yeah, that's it. We have to stop it. talking. All right. Uh, until next time, the Throwback Podcast. Take it away, Robbie. I'm loving angels instead, and through it, oh, she offers me protection, a lot of love and affection. Whether I'm right or That was a HeadGum Podcast.